Glory, glory, glory. Take a couple minutes to absorb the fresh blood. Get saved again in the blood of the Lamb. Getting saved all over again.
steps is that? <laughs> Man, that freaked me out. <laughs> like, who is using my Facebook while I'm live? Oh, Jesus. written, the mind controlled by the spirit is at peace. Can you imagine a mind baptized in the new wine? It's beyond peace. That's perfected joy. That's your promised land. Promised land is the transfiguration of your soul in the blood of Jesus. We've been talking about the river of life for a very long time. What is the river of life? The bloodstream of Jesus. So, <laughs> we say, how do I jump in the river? How do I get drunk on the anointing? Like the apostles who got retarded before they got started. In Acts chapter 2. Amen? <laughs> and we've come up with all kinds of clever quotes over the years and fun sayings. And it's always been wonderful, but God's making it more simple than ever before. The river of life is the bloodstream of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is present as the blood of Jesus to be drunk by faith. The new wine is the Holy Spirit as the blood of Jesus. Don't you know the transfigured blood is the Holy Spirit? So you have, you have completely different levels of the river of the Holy Spirit. First of all, a lot of people don't even know there is a river. The river is completely fringe in charismatic Christianity. It's only for the extreme glory sections 
of Christianity, which is actually rare within the charismatic church itself. Now it gets even rarer and rarer <laughs> the more you drink and get involved in the river because the Holy, Sp Holy Spirit leads you into all truth. So just when you thought you couldn't get any more far out there, you go farther out there in God, in divinity and transformation and in revelation to peg you in those places. The Word of God in every degree of depth in the water, in the fire, and in the blood pegs you into that deeper realm. We have this word as an anchor for the soul. What's an anchor? Keeps you locked in. I don't want to be floating around. There's a whirlpool over there. If we fall off that waterfall, we'll get shipwrecked. We're going to dash into the rocks. So a sailor's term of understanding an anchor is the word to keep your brain in that realm. So we have roller coasters up and down. We had highs and lows, mountaintops and valleys. How do we stay mountaintop experiences all the time? Saw uh, Isaiah 61, and they will tread upon the high places of the earth and eat the inheritance of Jacob. They will tread upon the high places of the earth and eat the inheritance of Jacob. How do we stay pegged, anchored with our whole brain in the high places? The Word of God. Clearly not just the Bible. Oh, the Bible's not enough. No, the Bible is not enough. Otherwise, Jesus didn't even have to come. And then Jesus didn't have to come by His Spirit at Pentecost. And you'd be good with just the old golden Hebrew manuscripts. And you get into that stuff. What did that turn them into? The murderers and antichrists of God. Jesus said about the Pharisees, you can do what they say because they're teaching the word but their hearts are the kingdom of hell whoa so the word apart from the spirit is the kingdom of hell maybe that's why satan only tempted jesus christ with scripture you ever think about that you know people don't think about that stuff but the kingdom of hell's main temptation is with being good and then once you realize there is the Bible and it's the infallible Word of God and you have some basic foundations <laughs> basic instructions before leaving earth <laughs> the Bible B-I-B-L-E guess what he does keeps you away from the water of the word because you're only sanctified by the washing of the water of the word well you can't where's the water I mean no one even knows where the water is or like come living water it's like what what are you even on you're on the old covenant still. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. That's the progression of coming to the river and drinking is the unfolding of the new covenant, which is called the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ in you, in your spirit, in your belly, in your womb, which is innermost being, and being birthed through your heart and brain and bones, which is the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection, but no one has ever resurrected unless they drank his blood. <laughs> Isn't it wild to drink his blood and to change all of your geography, all of your bloodlines, all of your 
weaknesses turn into strengths. All your familiars turn into armor and arsenals. <laughs> you know, those areas of weakness of repetitive sin. When you drink his blood, see the problem is we come to places where your level of commitment can't go any deeper into his holiness and his ability. That's called spiritual growth. Your roots can only produce that much fruit. Okay, so then our roots got to go deeper and our roots got to drink more and they, the root system will need different nutrients, which is called progressive revelation. The sapphire stones have been laid. We got, you know, sound doctrine. We know that Jesus was born again now. We've established basic foundations of the glory. And, you know, stuff that used to be fringe is now the foundation for your elevation that's pegged you into these continuous realms of experience in Christ. And so we're not totally living short or falling short of the glory, which is called what in the Bible? Sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory, meaning that their brain is under the glory in the realm of the snakes, which are lies. But when our heart and our roots are receiving truths, we grow up out of the realm of the dead into the realm of the living. And that's why the an angel activity increases, the signs and wonders increase, because you're not around the snakes and the fallen angels 24-7. You're around the angels and Yahweh and the Ruach and Yeshua and all the cloud of witnesses 24-7. So that the prophetic experiences that you're having are non-stop. And it's not just mountaintop when the big wig comes into town for a conference. It's you are now pegged on the mountaintop because you've become a disciple of the word. That's what we need for every Christian is to become mountaintop champions. Doesn't matter if you're known, God promotes you. Doesn't matter if your name is famous or infamous or non-existent and you don't even have a real name. Nameless, faceless. What matters is the cross rising in your heart to the mountaintop and releasing the blood of Jesus into the nation's bloodline. That's all that matters. That's the only thing the Holy Ghost wants to do with your life. What does he want to do with my life? Mostly it's like, what can I get away with with my own desires for my life is the real question you're actually asking in your heart. <laughs> what will he allow me to do that I want to do in my life? And so those kinds of people just go away sad every day because it's my way or the highway and it's like see ya that's not the highway of holiness buddy <laughs> that's not i-35 that is witchcraft which is the sin of rebellion wow pretending to be christian pretending to be disciples pretending to be interested in the things of god but are still using the things of god for self we've all been there some of us are still there all of that has to be annihilated by Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross. There is no progression in any area of maturity except the progression in Christ's death. When we were infants in Christ, we were all about his life because it was about my life. See, when you say you're celebrating the life of Jesus and not his death and not Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross, it's because your whole Christian world revolves around you 
which is the purest form of Satanism. Truth anyhow. That's why you have the worst sin amongst Christians, the worst hypocrisy, and the worst occult sorcery. The Bible actually says that the horror Babylon and the potent sorcery Babylon the Great is amongst only the Christians. So we don't have to blame the Freemasons. We don't have to blame the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers because it's you. <laughs> it's me. It's the lack of the cross and the lack of the death that has produced the wife of the red dragon, the Hora Babylon, which is you and me coming out of infancy. Every single one of us is coming out of her, my people. You say, oh, that was someone else. It's always someone else, you know. It's that crazy person that persecuted me for my freedom. No, it's you too. Probably more you, actually, than them. <laughs> It's true that's always how it is because pride always makes you look good by what you know in the brain and they're the bad guy and it's always the opposite of the truth humility knows that everyone's the same because it's all flesh and all all have fallen short of the glory you can't say oh my blood your blood listen all blood is filthy blood Isaiah said I got good Holy Ghost blood only Jesus does and if you drank it, you know what grace is. And if you drank it, you know it's all about Jesus. And it's all about the cross. And it's all about the bloodstream of the Lamb. And it's all about the dialysis of the cross. And so, this is what the Spirit's been showing me. Hold on a second, there's like cold air blowing by. Using my name on Facebook, it's always interesting. Door wide open. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was like, why is it freezing cold right here? <laughs> 35 degrees out. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. It is so wild. Hallelujah. So it's all this external stuff that just causes you to just rise in the cross within. And that's what will produce excellence in others. You can only disciple others to the amount that you've been discipled or died on the cross and so leaving the elementary things Hebrews chapter chapter 6 we're moving on into advanced teaching in righteousness Paul says in Hebrews that when we were infants in Christ we were learning about the baptisms we were learning about the resurrection of the dead we we're learning on the lay of, laying on of hands and the gifts of the Spirit, tongues, wisdom, knowledge, interpretation of tongues, all the gifts are all infancy in Christ. It's true. And you progress into realms of righteousness, which is the bloodstream of Christ that's been produced by progressive revelation being written on your hearts. So all the stuff you've ever experienced is for an increase of God's word written by the spirit of fire. So he's called in Malachi, the spirit of burning and launderer's soap to write the living word of God on your heart. And what it does is changes your blood. So anyone that's in that blood is in unity. Because what is unity apart from the bloodstream of Christ? It's just false religion. It's your ideas of your brain 
putting yokes on people of what you think God should be. It's idolatry of religion, and we all still have measures of it in ourselves. The ones that have less just have more of the cross and more of his death working in their soul. Listen, don't be into the life of Jesus. That's just total immaturity nonsense. You're not going to get one drop of the blood of Jesus, which is the life that's in the blood, except through the death of Gethsemane, the death of Calvary, and the death of the cross. You need to become like a death cult. <laughs> we talk about the Luciferian death cult of Freemasonry, but you know what? All it is is a perversion of Christianity, which all of you are coming out of anyway, so you can't say you're better than them. <laughs> you're coming out of Masonic Christianity, which is not using the blood in your stream, but in your brain. So it's not in the heart, it's in your head, and that's why everyone's divided into 100,000 denominations. A kingdom divided cannot stand, but is currently conquered by fallen angels. So when you get back into the bloodstream, you will begin to see clearly why. Revelation 5-6, the eyes are in the slain lamb. The eyes are in the slain lamb. I saw a lamb looking as though it had been slain, standing on the throne. What is standing on the throne? Crucified on the cross. This is wisdom language for the mature. A lamb standing. Doesn't make no sense, man. What is a lamb doing, slain, standing on a throne, having seven eyes and seven horns? You are out of your freaking mind, John. And that's what they said, and that's why he was on Patmos. Because he got so prophetic that they wanted to kill him because <laughs> he was only speaking archangel language. Hello? The language of the angels of the arch between the arch of the Father and the Son. When you start to communicate like that, those words go into the blood and change nations. Rid the world of them. We can't allow those words to infiltrate the blood of Rome. Otherwise, Rome will fall in a day. And it did. By Christianity. Hallelujah. You know, Rome's still falling out of you. You live in a Roman Republic. You live in a Roman Democratic Greek educational system. Babylon the Great is the accumulation of the pinnacle of all human systems. And that's why, unless you become totally divine, you'll never change one thing because what's built out there already is the cream of the crop of humanity in 6,000 years of learning. <laughs> you're not going to make a dent. You probably won't even add anything to it because it's the perfection of humanity. And you're called here to make it look like a manure pile. Gee whiz, I wonder how they're going to think of you. They're going to say you are destroying humanity. You are attacking the best of humanity. You're attacking the goodness of humanity. We don't have anything better. You are all... Trump fanatics and Trump is the president in a Republican party in the human system and I'm definitely voting for Trump and all Republicans the issue is that is not the kingdom of heaven why because it's still coming through our hearts and is still working in in the blood and it's the best we got during this time of transition the father established seven days you are in the beginning of the seventh day which is transitioning from the time of man 
to the time of God. It's a transition, meaning God's divinity will be gradually introduced like an IV into the bloodstream of humanity. <laughs> if you just change it right away, everyone dies on the whole planet. Because your blood rejects his blood. Why? The amount of pride in us. It's the pride in us that rejects him. All of us are still dealing with an insane amount of fallen angel deception beyond anything you can imagine. That's not something to beat yourself up on. That's to, for understanding of how much you need to stay connected to the IV of the cross. The blood is introduced to you as a cup and not a flood. Cup's a small drinkable device. Now think wisdom. There's no baptism in the blood mentioned. We got the Red Sea, but that's a type and shadow. Jesus said the new covenant was a small drinking device. Small measures gradually of God the Father's glory in the blood of Jesus is being introduced into your DNA. You don't get it all at once. Obviously, I mean, if that were true, then no Christian that ever drank the cup of salvation would have ever aged or died. So it never happened. And what happens in reality is an ever-increasing thirst for his blood. What is the thirst for his blood? Thirsting for righteousness. Matthew chapter 5. Those who thirst... Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and you shall receive. Understanding that it's the thirst of you no longer being satisfied in your bloodline. That's why not very many of you are nobles. Not very many of you are lawyers and doctors. Not very many of you are the world's successful people because you are something in your own blood. Come on. Paul said that. Why? Because these are the only people that get into the real bloodstream of Christ, which is the river of life, are those who want a different bloodline. So that's why kings don't con convert. You know, you have King Agrippa there listening to Paul, Paul preaching just fire. Paul preaching the house of wine with demonstration, with power, blowing their minds, slaughtering his accusers. And then King Agrippa says, Oh, you think you could convert me to being a Christian in one day? Paul says, I wish you'd convert, except without these chains. <laughs> Why didn't he convert? He had an amazing, super upper class, kingly bloodline. Come on. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lose all that. Then I'd have to pay tithes to Paul and acknowledge Paul as my king. And that's true couldn't humble himself probably made it into heaven <laughs> but I tell you the truth Paul is his ruling king you know that's true Paul is Agrippa's king mm, that's true it's a wonderful thing to understand the blood because if you are a holy nation and a royal priesthood what makes you royal King Agrippa's blood, Windsor blood, Buckingham Palace blood, Duke of Wellington blood, Mary Queen of Scots blood, Rothschild, Roth I mean, see, people in America, 
and conspiracy theorists all over the world talk about these bloodlines as something bad. The bloodlines of the royal families of Europe as something bad. The Tsars of Russia, the Illuminati, the, the Dragon, the 13 Crown families of the Illuminati, bloodlines as something bad. Guys, that's the pinnacle of humanity. You're not any different than them. You're actually their peasants unless you get a blood change. So let's stop being hypocrites and let's change our blood and give them a drink. <laughs> What's the whole point of Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross? The ministry of the wine. Being able to change people's bloodline. Why do you think you have to leave your father and mother to follow me? Jesus Christ, red letters. Oh, maybe he's saying you have to have a different bloodline, you have to have a different river. Now, the mouth of the red dragon is your current last name's bloodline flowing through your heart's veins and arteries, pumping out of the record of the words in your bones, all the words that you experience in your physical, natural life on this planet are written on your bones. Jeremiah chapter 5 says that God's words are now like fire written on my bones. Why? Because he has been adopted into the heavenly family. That's what the prophets are. Prophets come as ambassadors of the heavenly family. Having been completely and totally rejected and rejecting their earthly family, which is normal repentance, which is how to return to the high place of being of the divine kind and not the low place of the animal kind. Days of Noah, what will happen to the animal kind returns to the divine kind by the communication of the word of God in the bloodstream. So, the true prophets of God speak from the cross. Can you imagine a prophet that didn't speak from the throne of the Lamb? Throne of the Lamb. Revelation 5, 6. What are the horns? Seven horns. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. What are the seven eyes? It's the vision of the Holy Spirit. What is the Lamb slain on the throne? It's the cross. The worst, most evil, diabolical creatures on this planet. They are creatures because if you see them in the Spirit, they don't look like human beings at all the most mutilated looking things in spirit form are prophets, apostles, teachers, pastors, and evangelists that don't speak and communicate from the cross. Because Satan is a Christian apart from the cross. The measure of the Christianity in your life that is separated from Gethsemane's blood, Calvary's blood, and the cross's blood is the measure of the fallen angels currently working in your souls. And if we're honest, it's a lot. The issue is, the little cup right here, it can change rapidly. This cup is so powerful that you tell people the bad news of the red dragon's blood. Why? Because Jesus did. <laughs> he wasn't some happy, clappy, false prophet. He got real... <laughs> He dealt with the worst issues in society every day and tried to go get away to the mountaintop to find some rest sometimes from the constant problems of others because he's a perfect minister and he did that 
got refreshed. He was with his father and had a wonderful, wonderful life. You know, we say he was a man familiar with sorrows. He was also a man so familiar with joys. Jesus enjoyed his time on earth. He's so excited to enjoy it with you in your blood. He's here. Second coming already happened. It's called Pentecost. You will never have the fullness of what Jesus paid for you. See, because if he returns, that's the measure of Jesus you'll have in your blood, in your life, in your soul for eternity. So thanks be to God, he has not returned because most of us would be very far from the throne, even though we think we're close. It's true. We need an accurate assessment to our blood transfusion. We are so blessed that he is not here. Jesus says, it's better that I go away and send the Holy Spirit than remain with you. Meaning him physically being with you is super less better. <laughs> That's the theological term for it. Super less better. Because the Holy Spirit is omnipresent now. That if anyone even turns in their heart towards the Lord Jesus, the glory shines in their heart. In every nation, every closet, every cave, every area and elevation from the Himalayas down into the center of the earth, anywhere that man's body and soul and heart and brain and bones can be put in the world, there is the Holy Spirit. It's wonderful. So Jesus is, wow, seven eyes and seven horns standing on the throne. Jesus is omnipresent. He wasn't on earth in his human ability. He was led of the Spirit into his divine ability. Humbled himself, came in the likeness of sinful man, showed us the way of the Lord to return with all of our hearts to God the Father through his cross. The drunken glory and even the previous victories we've had in the river movement don't even compare to where the Father has continued leading us in these current days. We are coming into levels of maturity that the forerunners before us couldn't even imagine. They couldn't. I know because the ones that are still around persecute us. <laughs> they can't imagine what it looks like going any further than they could go. And so the baton has been handed to this generation from all the previous generations that progressed the soul and the blood and carried the blood. Your bones carry the blood into Zion. Since the cross, there has been a carrying of blood closer and closer to where the source of the Lamb's blood flows from, Revelation 22 reality, the throne of the Lamb, the river of life. We haven't gotten back, externally hell broke out for 1500 years of dark ages, but the bones still made progress. You had the internal workings of the omnipresent Spirit of Jesus throughout the dark ages. There was still progress. Now we're coming into the 21st century where we'll come into true acceleration. We've had a hundred years of Holy Ghost Christianity since Azusa Street. The Assemblies of God, 1916, 
Church of God in Christ 1916 and Pentecostalism and then the charismatic church and then the glory stream out of the charismatic church and the glory stream turned into the drunken glory movement there was a an, a, an acceleration and a step in progress and evolution of the blood of God and the blood of man in the last 12 years it's true I remember Bob Jones when I was down at the Florida outpouring said this is the last Pentecostal revival Todd Bentley what comes after this is the marriage supper of the Lamb. So what prepares the marriage supper of the Lamb? Jesus told you the friends of the bridegroom, the sons of God. So since 2008, you've had the friends of the bridegroom, the sons of God, preparing the way for the glory stream, the charismatic behind them, the Pentecostals behind them, the evangelicals behind them, and everyone that loves Jesus and the whole planet to come in to the wine realms. So that's why the demons go the craziest at the wine, because it's your promised land. You need the revelation. Joshua and Caleb only brought wine grapes as examples of the promised land. It is for your understanding, wisdom, that you understand the blood realms of Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross. As you drink his blood, glorifies you. Gethsemane into Eden, Calvary into Zion, and the cross into the throne of the Lamb. What is the spikes of the crown of thorns? If life is only in blood, as scripture says, then the crown of thorns becomes the crown of life. Guess which one you get first? Doesn't mean that you get Satan on you. It means you get Jesus' death on you, which is millions of times worse. Satan is not as horrible and severe and permanent as Jesus is. I'm not saying horrible isn't a bad person. I'm saying in dealing with the eternal substances in your DNA. Satan will do very little. He's very mild. He's a very weak sorcerer compared to what Jesus Christ can do. He's the creator. So what is the cherubim angel to the creator of cherubim? Their abilities are not equal, even close. There is absolutely no comparison to the ability of the creator angel to the created angel. That's something most people don't have a grid for, but it's the truth anyhow. So you have the creator angel, that's what he's called, the angel of the Lord over a hundred times in the Old Testament. His name's Jesus Christ. And then you have a fallen cherubim, a covering cherubim, a high-ranking archangel cherubim called Lucifer. So the difference in power is so significant that you never see the angel of the Lord wrestling Satan even in the old covenant he'd send his prince Michael he sent his he'd send his archangels to do it how much less in the new covenant hello I mean do we have any grid for the power of God yet do we have any grid for angelic power if you thought that there was a wrestling between Satan and Michael over the body of Moses in the Old Testament what happens when man and woman have had the divine bloodline the blood of the Lamb, the river of life, in their hearts, now for thousands of years? God told me a long time ago that this is like King David at age 12, freshly anointed by Samuel's horn of oil, slaying giants. It was overkill, not because of the young boy, but because of the oil, the anointing. That's where most of you are at. You're a 12-year-old 
King David's 12-year-old apostolic bride of Christ that has such an overkill superpower in the blood of Jesus, there's just a few puzzle pieces and lack of revelation knowledge why we're still losing or perishing in any areas of our soul life. So our job is from the cross to minister bread and wine, which is just the awakening of the bloodstream of Christ that's already planted in you by the DNA or the Word of God into your heart. First John, born of the sperm of God. Wow, now we're getting into God's sperm. God's sperm got into you. It's called the Word. Mm -hmm. So it'll clean up all the perversion. You know, Jesus was crucified. This is something the Father wanted to impart to you today. It's on the same lines because it's all blood realm revelations. Jesus was crucified naked. Okay, Remember the Bible says that the Romans cast lots for his garments? He didn't have a loincloth on. God's penis was hanging out in front of his female friends. Mary of Bethany, Mary Magdalene, and Mary his mom. Okay? Do you understand that? His best female friends were just feet away from his penis hanging out on the cross. Now that will deal with some stuff in you when you understand that. Because a lot of you still struggle with lust and God was crucified naked in front of his best female friends and there was no lust there. He's bleeding all over the place. That's what will deliver you from perversion. When the spear went into his side, it was the glorification and the removal of man and woman's lust. Yeah. So instead of using penises to spear women, you use the spear of the Roman soldier to spear women, men, and you'll stop lusting 100% of the time. It's called agape love. When you were wicked, you used your penis. When you're righteous, you'll use the spear of the lamb. So you're no longer going after the outer woman, the flesh. You're going after the inner woman, the spirit. And you stop sinning. And you actually find the fulfillment of how God created you to be. Because you'll never be fulfilled using your outer spirit. You have to use your inner spirit. It's true. It's one of the revelations of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And few men have ever had breakthrough in it in the history of the world. They just kind of discipline the outer man. It's like, don't lust. Listen, guys, it's not about not lusting. It's about learning how to love. And the love from within burns that whole animal nature out of your flesh. And it's not just possible. It's the only thing the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh is two-thirds of the sin nature, according to the Bible. <laughs> so unless you get this spirit revelation and start using the spear, the golden spear of Solomon's armory in the forest of Lebanon. What is it? It's the glorification of the Roman spear into the side of Jesus, hanging naked in front of his girlfriends. Oh my God. Yeah, his best female friends. Mary Magdalene the Apostle, the 13th Apostle. You know, Mary of Bethany, the third tri 13th tribe of Israel, Dinah that they symbolize and the heavenly mother Mary the mother of Jesus because the heavenly mother nature all these natures of the three Marys at the cross are are representative natures of God the Father named El Shaddai the many-breasted one very critical revelation 
for all of us maturing in the glory of God. Amen. And so you have to learn to love the bride to be a minister. And the more glory, the more beautiful. So you'll have the most beautiful angelic men and women as you go from glory to glory. So that every guy that comes into RLM is proposing to Rebecca to marry her. And, you know, I've, I've had pornography sent to my email about 10 different times. I had girls come from all over the country and knock on my door to have sex in public ministry the last 15 years. And so you deal with the insanity of lust all the time in public ministry. What do you do? You don't just use external discipline. You don't just set boundaries and accountability like those disciplined in, of the religious demon. You progress in revelation of how Jesus operated with women. Wow. Now he's perfect love, right? You know, his last words were, my bride, my bride. If you studied out what he actually said. Hallelujah. My bride, my bride. Can you say that naked in front of your best female friends? Jesus did. See, that's really the, the real cross. I'm not saying to get naked. You got to get naked before God. All of us are naked before God. I'm saying getting clothed in his blood. <laughs> get some wisdom now. <laughs> getting clothed in his blood. We wear the cross as our white garments. The cross is our wedding garments. And so we say, I'm crucified with Christ. I've pick it up, picked up my cross to follow him. I'm relating to the sufferings of Christ. And it's like, well, here's the practical application of what Jesus did. Could you even do one fraction of that? And if we're honest with ourselves, we're just not there yet. Why? Because our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak. We need our spirit fed and built up on truth. Then we'll learn to love perfectly. And until the leaders, both men and women of the friends of the bridegroom, love perfectly with that kind of open heart crucified, that there's nothing hidden within, outside, inside. It's just Christ crucified. All that's pouring out of me is the blood of God. Not that I'm there yet, but I know that's the promised land. That is perfect apostolic ministry, perfect wine, throne of God wine, the standard of the lamb that was slain on the throne, seven horns, seven eyes, blood of Jesus experience into your gates. So there's no defilement, there's no perversion, there's no idolatry. That's the only way you ever get God's divinity in man, is the transfer of his blood. That's why he called it the cup of the new covenant. We could talk about these things to you for a hundred million years and until you start drinking, none of it will work in your life. It'll just be good doctrine. It really it will be a really good doctrine to add to all the good doctrine you had before. It's apostolic doctrine. But it doesn't mean crap if you don't mix it with the blood of Jesus because you'll never have one experience of that doctrine until it's written on your heart by the finger of of God's fire. Amen. And then the spear becomes what you slay the opposite sex with. So that when you see someone attractive, and you guys all deal with this every day, and it needs to be spoken, how do I deal with beautiful people all around me as I go from glory to glory? How do I not stumble? And some people live in warm climates where there's just beaches and g-strings everywhere in florida and california and southern places how do i 
live around such incredible natural beauty and not lust like the fallen angels? How do I get the internal transfiguration? Only through death. <laughs> Only through carrying your cross, which is the progressive sanctification of your bloodstream, having Jesus Christ's abilities in it. So that your mind is so renewed to the blood of Jesus that even naked models around you, tempted with Solomon's harem, you have all these this crazy, the most beautiful, richest men, the ideal eroticized image of a husband, the most spiritual, perfect, loving, caring, tender shepherd of your female soul, the perfect husband, and everyone's got this stuff in them. All of that, when it comes around you, and oftentimes it's just the devil, sometimes it's actually the real person, and it's like, how do I not lust after such an amazing person? How do I not desire them? You learn to love like Jesus loves. You learn the ministry of the cross. You have nails. These are the overcomer's gifts. We talk about the overcomer's gifts in Revelation 2 and 3. We say, oh, these are the wonderful things of the life realm. <laughs> these are the wonderful things of the death realm. You, ain't, you are not operating in one overcomer's gift if you say Revelation 2 and 3 is of the life realm. Garbage. You still have your life in you, your self-life in you, not a drop of Christ. These are the death realm. These are nails, these are thorns, and these are spears. You know, symbolized by a pentagram, Happy Halloween. The five piercings of Christ, up until 200 years ago, was symbolized by a pentagram. And witches took the pentagram and say, we're going to take the most coveted Christian symbol. You can study it. It's in Google. That's how sick Christianity has become, where they think the pentagram is a witch symbol. And because you believe that, you gave it to Satan. You gave the stigmata, the five piercings of Christ with the circle, the hole in his side, that you gave the death of Jesus to Satan by your religious par paranoia. You did. I watched the Christians do it. You deal with it every day, that religious paranoia that's just total madness of the fallen angels controlling your brains. Pentagram is the most Christian symbol there is. It's his hands crucified, his feet crucified, the crown of thorns on top, the star. He's the morning star. He says it. And then the circle around the morning star is the spear in his side, the seal of the death of Jesus. The ultimate Christian symbol is the pentagram. There's your Halloween revelation. Glory to God. Amen. Truth anyhow. Praise God. Pentagrams and God's penis. Today's sermon. That's what you need. Spirit was showing me too because we're going into these realms of high level purity. And he said, You know, all those little crucifixes with the loincloth on? Garbage. It's watered down religion. You have David with his penis hanging out by Michelangelo. You should have the cross with Jesus' penis hanging out. And you'd have the Christians going, Blasphemy, blasphemy. No, you're a blasphemous religious pagan. That's why you can't handle the reality of the cross. Because you're full of secret lust and sin and fakeness. If you wanted to get real, 
you'd get like Michelangelo and King David. No one's calling lust on Michelangelo's marble statue. But you would freak out if Jesus, in reality, how he was actually crucified, was wore on a gold necklace around your necks. They would kick you out of church. They'd probably try to kill you. That's how sick and false your Christianity is. That's how far you've fallen from the cross. That's the accurate assessment. Give me a crucifix that shows how Jesus actually died with his junk hanging out in front of his girlfriends. Then you'd have a small taste of real Christianity. But you don't have that because your Christianity is fake. Mm, it's real silent in her. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, when you start to speak into these realms of reality of how it really went down, and the integrity of a champion and a warrior that's not messing around, that has no lustful intention towards any girl in Israel, that's the true bridegroom, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and you begin to drink his blood and taste of his nature, and it begins to change you, you begin to get very, very real, and that's what religious people hate the most. That's what these fake, phony hypocrites that accuse us of being cult leaders say. These people are fake. They love external re religion. You get real in the true spiritual death of Jesus on the tree, which is getting naked. What does King David say? I'm going to get more undignified than this. Well, he did. The son of David took the loincloth off and died on a tree. You could say that David got undignified by the naked Messiah. Wow. Because that was the progression of the Davidic anointing in the house and tabernacle of David. And David had a measure of it and was tested to see if the Messiah could come through him at that level of purity. That's why the most beautiful girl in all Israel, the Shulamite, was given to old man David to warm his bed. And scripture says he never touched her sexually the entire time never lusted even a little bit. Isn't that amazing? You know, that's why the throne of David endures forever. That's why the tabernacle of David is a synonym for the millennium reign of Christ and the festival that we are now ent entering as we mature as Christians. Because of the sexual purity. You will never have power without purity. And there has been levels of purity preached Pentecostalism, the holiness movement, wonderful. Holiness is the crack of heaven. But it's these revelations of Jesus and getting more undignified than David in a loincloth, dying naked on a tree, that produces the ultimate purity. And you can put down your natural spear and your animal lust and pick up your spiritual spear and thrust and pierce these women's hearts with the golden spear of Solomon's temple. Solomon means perfect king. Because there's no mention of his wrongdoing in heaven because it went through the blood. Solomon and Shulamite, Song of Solomon, is the perfect king and perfect queen of the heavenly realm. It's the hope of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ becoming the Shulamite and becoming Solomon. Every single man and woman in this world. How? Through sexual purity. So take these revelations of the Spirit to produce it. And it has to get very, very real. 
I just love how I can feel the excitement in people's hearts because this is opening realms that you did not know existed and you had hidden inside you. How am I going to be fulfilled unless I have sex? How am I going to fill that area of my heart? Listen, dying with Jesus on the cross fulfills that area of your heart. You don't know it's possible because you never drank this high on the mountain of Calvary. See, the wine gets better every elevation you go up. Mm -hmm. The higher on the mountain, the better the wine. Until you're tapping it right on the side like grade A Canadian syrup. And you're just a big waffle. Favor of God's on you. That's the butter that got you up there. Holy Ghost. It's exactly how it is. Progressive revelation of climbing Calvary. And you go back into all the blood realms where you've drank his blood. So Gethsemane is expanding. Eden is expanding. Calvary is expanding. It's not just the little path you took. Nonsense. Total blindness. Your individual path is total blindness. You don't understand it. There's a million paths up Calvary. It's all of the blood. But it's a mountain. You can go anywhere around the mountain and go get to the top. You took that path. That's immaturity. When you're wise, you're on the cross, and you know all the paths of all the garden, of the mountain, and everything that's in the world. That's called Solomon's wisdom, the ancient of days. That level of wisdom was what you're growing into. And what's wisdom? Mixing her wine, mixing her blood. It's your blood mixing with the blood of Jesus. So as you go and ascend and descend, you're actually learning all the different paths and movements of the stars, the sands, and everything under the earth, and the oceans and the waters beneath, the fountains of the great deep that break up and burst forth. All the paths of Noah, all the ancient paths of water and blood, and of light, natural light. See, there's, it's very important that you also get into natural light because Malachi 4 says that the sun, S-U-N, of natural light will rise with healing in his wings. So you can't just have glory light, that's Gnosticism. You also need to take back the luminaries, the stars of the heavens, the suns. But the problem is, is the occult has so tainted that for Christians, and we don't have any revelation of the blood or the mountain or the cross and the throne, that we go into those mystic realms, and we didn't go through the paths of the sheep gate. What's the sheep gate, remember? Jesus said, I am the sheep gate to the Father. Another reference to the Lamb through his blood. So if you get into the stars apart from Calvary and the cross, you're a freaking sorcerer. And there are sorcerers everywhere that launch people into the stars through fake, phony religious mysticism, and they're selling a million CDs. Sorcery. Anyone that goes into the heavens apart through Gethsemane, Calvary, and the cross is a full-blown witch. And their God is still money, 100% of the time. Tested it a thousand times, it's the truth anyhow. See, the only way that money is not your God is through the pressure of the Garden of Gethsemane. Say, oh, I have freedom from... You haven't been around the wealth to even tempt you, and when you are, you have a hard time not manifesting. I deal with this every day amongst Christians. Christians are so covetousness, so greedy, and how do you get it out of you? By financial sacrifice. How? By the pressure of his blood. God so loved the world that he gave. This isn't an offering. This is a teaching 
for your deliverance. Because money, idolatry, greed, and covetousness is just as hidden inside the Christian's heart as lust is in perversion. Mm. So what do we do with the lust and perversion? We show you the truth, the vision of Jesus hanging naked, David more undignified, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of David, naked on a cross, penis hanging out just a few feet from his best girlfriends, the Marys. Whoa, yay, there's real love. And they're drinking the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Wow, he saved the best wine for last. So you're starting to understand what it's like to be like the angels a little bit more. And trust me, it's going to take hundreds of years for our bloodlines to catch up. So don't just try to rush into these things. Let the Spirit lead you. I am offering you strong meat for the mature today. And I'm offering you Melchizedek's wine. Just put it in you and let the Spirit work. So people come when they're infants in Christ with all kinds of confusion. Does that mean I do this or do not do that? Do and don't. Do and don't. And it's like all of that's garbage. It's all wickedness. That's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil manifesting because the tree of life is giving you the, its blood today. So you just keep getting that blood transfusion. Just keep drinking. There are things that are so burned into the back of my mind that 10 years ago I couldn't fathom they were so high. But now they're so elementary to me. Why? Because I keep drinking the blood and the blood of Jesus is the resurrection of the dead. Keeps going higher. You drink the blood flowing down the mountain of Calvary you rise higher. You get to the cross and you die. You die daily. What does it mean to die daily? Fresh blood flowing out of your heart every day for everyone around you. Well that person really hurt my feelings. Give him a double portion. That person's always messing with me. Get, I mean, how much blood does it take of Jesus on the cross to come through your sacrificed heart to fill their mouth to, sat, to be satisfied? I mean, remember, when Jesus was ministering, if people weren't willing to change, that they were going to be irritants, they always just went away. What does it take for that wicked person that's not going to repent to go away? Or are you clinging to them because you're not ministering the blood of his cross? Is that your little pacifier? And a lot of people have darkness as a pacifier, saying, this is my lot in life to deal with this wicked person, and you're just totally deceived. It's not God's plan for your life. That's Satan's plan, so you don't fulfill your destiny. Snip, snip, vine dresser activity. Cut them off. They're drunk on your blood. Yes, even if they're husband and wife. 100% of the time. How many chances Jesus gave three years? Remember, his disciples were his bride. If they didn't bear fruit, they were no longer his wife. And they died and went to hell. In the Bible, accurate. If they will not repent in three years, in the same standard of the perfect man Jesus, do not waste a fourth year on that man or woman. They are not your husband. They are not your wife. Standard. Remember, Jesus is the bridegroom. Humanity is is the wife of the Lamb, the bride of Christ. In Jesus' ministry, he said, if they will not bear fruit after three years, you are to cut them off because that person is a satanic assignment to destroy your life. Now, give them time because Jesus even gave his bride three years to bear fruit. And then guess what? Oh, the apostles spread the fruit, the bloodlines of Jesus throughout the whole world. Why? Because after three years, you can easily separate 
the good fish from the bad fish, the wheat from the tares, the wise from the foolish, and be a mature Christian and not waste your life on the realm of the dead that will suck your blood dry. So we've got the whole Christian world giving their blood to the fallen angels in the book of Revelation because no one is teaching Christian maturity. And they're teaching you to be yoked to the realm of the dead, Satan's number one destroyer of Christian destinies. Jesus said three years. That is the teachings of Christ. The red letters. That is the law of the new covenant. Oh, yes. It is law. It's written in the blood of Jesus. If you don't lay down the law of Christ, the laws of liberty of how to stay free, you go back into slavery. And so your relationships become slavery. And God's saying, because you don't have my laws, my new covenant laws, Matthew 5 through 7 laws, the fulfillment of the law in the word of the Lamb. So this will grow us up so quick and it will set you free so fast when you get into red letter ministries, the laws of Jesus Christ, the government of God. You'll never waste one day, one hour, one year on anything that's not fruit bearing, which is blood transfiguring. <laughs> and your time become as precious as gold. And your time is fruitful. And your time will multiply. And you'll go from glory to glory quickly through that transformation. Thank you, Father, for speaking these living words and writing them on the tablets of our heart and blood. Let the grace of the Holy Spirit be a flame and a pen of Yahweh to write the red letter ministries, the laws of Christ on our heart so that Satan would stop drinking all of our blood and keeping us down. I know you have sent deliverers into this generation to enforce your laws of liberty to be written in fire upon these people's hearts and blood. Let it be so now. Help each and every one at the sound of my voice receive the fire of God, the branding of the fire of love of Song of Solomon, the perfection of the nudeness of the Son of God into their heart, into their blood, and let it carry their brains up into the total fulfillment of the angelic sphere to be between the arch of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and to take their place as the fourth person of the Trinity, the Bride of Christ, the wife of the Lamb, those who are crucified on the cross, which is the government of God, the rulership of the new earth. In Jesus' mighty name. You want to sow into that purity? Give a purity offering tonight. RedLetterMen.com. We love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow.